neighbor, you are listening to the New Garden Church podcast, and we are so glad you're here. Our church meets at 10 a.m. at DuPont Tyler Middle School in Hermitage, Tennessee. You can join us in person, or you can catch our gatherings after the fact on our YouTube channel. We would love to hear from you. In 2022, we are studying the Bible together through the lens of our theme, Life is a Garden. We hope that you enjoy what you hear today and check back in with us again soon. We're here to celebrate Jesus today. That's right, you thought I was going to say mothers. We're here to celebrate Jesus as we do every Sunday. Um, And we've got moms in here, we've got dads in here, we've got uh, uncles, aunts, family members, um, and the Holy Spirit is in the room with us this morning. And so we're excited about that. Uh, We've got kids in here as well, because it is a family Sunday. So kids, this is very exciting. Are you ready to have fun today? Are you having fun so far? Yeah! Are we having fun that the kids are in here with us? Yeah! Okay, great. Yeah, we're excited about that. And kids, if you all got a whiteboard when you came in this morning, we are going to play a little bit of a game. It is called Who's That? It was a game created um, by me, and many games have been similar throughout the years. Here's the thing. On the screen is going to be a character from a movie, and I want you to write on your board who that character is. Okay? Does this sound easy? And I was told by two Whitson boys that they would get all of these right because they love movies. And I was like, we'll see about that. So we'll see. Um, Different generations will have advantages in different movies. Okay. So first up, who is this? Don't shout it out. Don't shout it out. Take some time to write it on your whiteboards. We've got a, a boy, black hair, glasses. And that's all that we can tell about him from this picture. All right, hold up your board if you've got it. If you've got it. All right, the answer is, survey says, Harry Potter. All right, so it's the boy who lived under the stairs at his aunt and uncle's house. He was an orphan. But if you know the story, you know that he went on to be actually the central figure of like a really crazy time in a fictional world, right? And so, Harry Potter came from humble beginnings. All right, next up, next character. Keep score on yourself and don't shout out what your score is. That's for you to decide what your score is. Okay, we've got this person. See, I I can see that she has an arrows or something back there. Um, don't, Don't shout out. And she's wearing a jacket. Who could that be? Write it down. Stumped some of y'all, it looks like. This person's name is Katniss Everdeen. All right, from the books that became movies. Well, this is Jennifer Lawrence playing Katniss Everdeen. But the story is that she's this uh, teenage girl in this area world called Panem. And they do this really terrible thing every year where they have all these teenagers go out and fight to the death until one person is alive. And anyways, it's, t- it's a terrible society. And this girl is from the poorest district. It's this coal mining district. 
They're the smallest and poorest district called District 12. And the only reason that she finds herself in this tournament is because her sister was randomly selected and she took her spot because she's a good sister. Okay, and it was her little sister, so that's pretty messed up. Okay, Katniss Everdeen. All right, humble beginnings. Smallest district, poorest district. We're going to remember that word today. All right, next up, don't shout out. Different generation, this applies to maybe. Different generation, is that sunshine from Remember the Titans, maybe? I, I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. All right, hold up your boards. Hold up your boards if you've got it. I can read scribbles as well from here. Luke Skywalker, that is right. Luke Skywalker. Now, he's this very, uh, you know, he's a young person on the planet of Tatooine. It's far away. Uh, he's, he's just living his life. He lives, he's another orphan. He lives with his Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru on Tatooine. And all of his friends get to go on fun adventures, but he's stuck at home all the time. Well, that was all about to change, but Luke Skywalker came from humble beginnings. And this is our last one. And this is, this is for uh, people that are in pop culture right now. Don't call out. Don't call out. Let's see. We've got a, a young, young girl, medium-aged girl, I guess, a young, a young lady. Um, green glasses. She looks like a spunky character. Okay, a spunky little character. All right. Hope y'all spelled it right, because if you didn't, it doesn't count. Just kidding. Maribel Madrigal. Okay. Mirabel. Mirabel. Hey. 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 I'm just, I'm just here to talk, and y'all are just there to listen. Okay? <laughs> All right. So, uh, yes. Mirabel Madrigal. Yes. The rest of her family all has superpowers, right? Except her dad, because he's in her family, you know, but he married into their family. But her grandmother, one of her sisters has super strength. The other sister is like this, they call her Senorita Perfecta or something, where she is this beautiful woman. She can make flowers and plants grow from the ground. And Mirabel is powerless. Man, she got, she got ripped off, right? So, She's this girl, and she's the only person in her family of her siblings that doesn't have any powers. But guess what? At the end of the movie, the day needs saving, and who's it up to, right? Our main character, Mirabelle. Because in a family with everyone has superpowers, if you don't have any, that's what I like to call humble beginnings. Okay, so keep that in mind this morning, because the character that we're talking about this morning is, well... They're not who you would expect, or they're not who they would even expect to be the main, one of the main characters in such a key story in our world, okay? And that person is Mary, the mother of Jesus, okay? So um, we're going to keep talking about Mary. I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll continue on. So let's pray. Lord, we come before you this morning, and we're thankful that we have a place to be and a people to be with, and we're thankful that um, we get to be here with um, people that we love, 
And uh, God, thank you for creating this cool family that we get to see every week. Uh, God, I just ask that this morning, uh, God, that you will speak in anything that I say that's not from you. Just let everybody forget about it. Um, And just let us hear something from you this morning. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, we're talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And in the name is basically the story, but we'll keep talking about the story. So, first, though, we need to talk about a word called context. Okay, context is basically something that you know about the characters or the place or the time that helps you understand the story in a better way, okay? Um, You know, like if you heard a parent say to their child, don't leave your room yet, could be many different reasons, but we don't have context to know why. Maybe it's 5 a.m., everybody needs to stay sleeping, you know, maybe the child is in timeout, maybe it's Christmas morning, we don't know, but all that we know is that parent needs to stay in the room. If we knew why the parent would say something like that, it would help us understand the story better. And so when we read the Bible, like today we're going to be in Luke chapter 1 if you want to go ahead and turn there. When we read the Bible, it helps us to know something about the time or the group of people in that way that we can understand what the story might be trying to convey to us. And so Mary, we need to know that she was somebody growing up in different times, okay? Um, Most girls, we know that Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Most women would get married in, in the first century. They would get married at age like 14 or 15, okay? So this is a very different world that we're living in. This is a very young person that we're talking about. She's betrothed to this guy, Joseph, who's also probably not very old. I hope not. Um, and uh, anyways, let's get to the story so that we can, we can get into it. It says this, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, so Elizabeth is Mary's cousin, and an angel had come and told her, Elizabeth, that Elizabeth would be giving birth to someone who was also very important, and that person ended up being John the Baptist. But in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Imagine Mary, because just like those characters that we were talking about before, Mary comes from humble beginnings. She's, she's just a 14 or 15-year-old girl, right? Like, like Harry Potter says, I'm, I'm not anything like that. I'm, I'm just Harry, you know? So this is just Mary we're talking about. Just Mary. But an angel shows up to her and says, hey, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Okay, now you have my attention. All right, I don't know what's about to happen next if I'm Mary. And Mary's greatly troubled about about this because she doesn't know what's going to happen to her. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So, angel sensing 
Mary is greatly troubled. Do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. That's a reassuring thing to hear. Of course, Mary has questions because she says, how will this be? Mary asked the angels, since I am a virgin. That just can't be. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. So, you know, like today, if your cousin was six months pregnant, you would know. Mary didn't know. Different times, right? Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Another miraculous birth. For no word from God will ever fail. And I don't know about you, but if I was in Mary's shoes, I would still have questions. <laughs> I would be like, yeah, you know what? I think I'd rather just do the regular life thing. I've got a plan. We are not married yet. We're going to get married. I will live with him. I'm okay with that. I'm content there. But that's not what happened. And that's not what Mary said. Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Now, we can learn a lesson from Mary here because sometimes, uh, if you're like me, we might think, you know what? I think it would be a good thing if I did that, but I don't want to do that. I'm just going to not do that and do whatever else I was already planning on doing because I'm comfortable there. It's easy. I know how to do that. It'll be good. But that's not what Mary says. She responds, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And so something that we can learn from this story is that when God makes a promise, we can count on it. Um, and this is hard for me because I'm a, I'm a classic control freak, okay? Any other control freaks in there? I'll see y'all at our support group later. Um, we, we uh, people like me, we want to have a plan. We want to know what's happening. And we want to know that other people know what they're doing so that we can only have to do what we're supposed to do, right? Uh, we're terrible to work with in a group project and things like that. But part of faith in God is having that trust that I trust that this is what God is calling me to, and I don't have to know all the details right now. I don't have to have everything lined up of how it's going to be, but I can trust that God has a plan for, for me and us and this thing that I, I feel like God's calling us to. So when God makes a promise, we can count on it. Another thing that we can learn from this story is God calls people based on their heart, not on the other stuff. So there's this story in 1 Samuel chapter 16, and it's this uh, prophet, and he's sent to the house of Jesse. And Jesse has all of these sons, and the prophet, Samuel, has been told by God that one of these sons is going to be the new king of Israel, the next king of Israel. And so Samuel goes to this house of Jesse, and He's got all of these tall, strong-looking young boys. You know, I see some strong, tall-looking young boys in here. You know, it could be any of them, right? And uh, he's like, man, that's, a, that's, a, that's probably him right there. He's, 
He's big, he's strong, he, he looks confident and competent. And what God says to Samuel, he says, hey, Samuel, I, I don't care about their outside appearance. I care about their heart. And so this is not just a story that's in Samuel. It's not just a story that applies to Mary. It's all throughout the Bible of God calling people, not because of what they already can do, but of what God can do with them. And so that's something that we can remember and it's something that this story about Mary teaches us because we know that Mary gave birth to Jesus and Jesus is the reason that we're here. She had a pretty big part in it. And it wasn't because she came from a rich family. It wasn't because she had superpowers or anything like that. She was just Mary. She was just a 14, 15-year-old girl in the first century and everything changed because of her faith and she said yes to this. So another thing, God uses people who we would never expect. You know, I don't know about you, but I just wouldn't expect a virgin to have a child, right? Shocking, okay? This is not something that we would expect. Um, you know, we wouldn't expect, like, if, you know, sometimes I think, man, if I was God, I would choose, like, somebody with, I, w- I would create someone in a lab in my, in my God lab to be the perfect person, and they can go and do all the good stuff in the world, like, like the Incredibles or, you know, Superman or something like that. But God uses people who we wouldn't expect, you know, and this is something that Jesus talks about through his ministry all the time. Jesus, you know, he's got tax collectors who are viewed, you know, unfavorably in in their world. They're viewed unfavorably, um, but Jesus still calls them to follow him and makes them, you know, his his right-hand men, you know, Matthew, Levi, one of Jesus' apostles is a tax collector. You know, Jesus tells this story um, in Luke, in Luke uh, and it's called the Good Samaritan. You might know it as that. But it's really a story about how the person that you least expect to help you can be the one that helps you. That God can use the person you expect the least to do the most. Because the priest walked right past that person who was down in the ditch, and the Levite walked right past that person who was down in the ditch. You know, for our terms, like, the preacher walked right past that person, and Michael definitely did. And then, all of a sudden, this person who you wouldn't expect, so whoever that might be in your thoughts, someone you wouldn't expect to help, in their world, a Samaritan helping a Jewish person, unheard of. But God uses people who we would never expect. This is something that we see all through Jesus' ministry. You know, if you read the book of Mark, I would recommend it. It's like 16 chapters. You could read it in two weeks if you read a chapter a day. Well, two weeks and two days. But it's this amazing story about how Jesus is changing, how Jesus has this view for the world that's different than ours, that the first will be the last and the last will be first. And this is something that we see in this story with Mary, because She's not a person of influence. She's not a person of wealth. She hasn't proven anything, but God sees her heart. She has found favor with God. And so Mary, she goes over to her cousin Elizabeth's house because she's like, what? I heard you're pregnant. That's so great. I'm pregnant too. And that's a miracle, okay? And this is the song that Mary gives us. It's in Luke chapter 1. She says this, my soul 
glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Me, I'm, I'm just Mary. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. See, first, last, first, last. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors, because when God makes a promise, you can take that to the bank. Um, God takes our world and flips it upside down. And isn't it funny that these are the stories that we still love, that we still write books and make movies about these characters who came from humble beginnings, and then somehow it all came down to them in the end? God has instilled that mentality in us, this, this love for humble beginnings, and those people matter too. And so I want to end with this. Um, it's truth that God can use us when we don't expect it. Mary, she's just Mary. It doesn't, we don't know anything about how she, you know, there wasn't some prophecy about her that she would be the mother of Jesus, or anything like that. She's just a regular old 14, 15-year-old girl in first century, just living her life, you know, probably going down to the water well and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, her whole life changes because God has put a plan in her heart, and quite literally, inside of her, she will be giving birth to God's plan for the world. And that's a beautiful thing. And sometimes I think we go through the world thinking, I don't have anything to offer. I don't have anything to offer that person. Um, you know, I, I just work here, you know. Um, God can use us in so many different ways. You know, maybe, maybe you're a parent. Since it's Mother's Day. Maybe, maybe you're a parent, and maybe you weren't trying to be a parent right now or ever, and all of a sudden you're in that role. Wow. God can use you in that. Um, God can use you at work when a coworker is like, so um, you act a little bit different than everybody else, so what's the deal with that? Can you tell me about that? God can use you in those moments. Um, when you're in the checkout line at the grocery store and someone drops a jar of spaghetti sauce, which I have done in the grocery store, drops a jar of spaghetti sauce and it explodes all over your pants, Okay. How do you respond in that moment? God can use us when we don't expect it. And that's something that I think we can leave here today um, with that on our hearts and that we can go out of here from a place of humble beginnings and we can go out with great expectations into the world of what God can do with us when we just say, I am your servant. May your will be done in my life. And let's do that this week. Um, so we're about to go to the table. Uh, we have three different communions set up here. Um, and we'll go to the table, and 
you know, uh, since our kids are in here this morning, I want you all to use your whiteboards for this because we do communion in our kids' area every week. It's probably my favorite time of what we do. And so I always ask a few questions. Uh, Question number one is, do y'all know what we're about to do right now? Okay, and so write that down on your boards. Bentley says, yes, good. What word are we about to do? Starts with a C, and I've said it a couple times. That's good, you know what it is. Okay, communion, that's right. And when we go up here and we're gonna take a piece of bread and we're gonna drink some juice, and this symbolizes Jesus' body and blood coming into our lives and we remember Jesus, what Jesus has done in our lives because of that. And so, um, yeah, I'll pray for us, and then we'll go to the table together, um, and uh, Molly will lead us on in worship after that. So let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for this morning. Thank you that we have just some really great people here. Um, God, I just ask that uh, you will fill us with your spirit this week, God, that we Uh, will believe that you have a plan for us, um, no matter how we're feeling about ourselves in that moment or anything like that, God. We can trust that you will do amazing things with us. God, help us to believe that. Help me to believe that. Um, And as we go to the table this morning, help us to remember Jesus. God, that, that, that Jesus changed the world, and it's all because somebody who didn't expect anything out of their life said yes to what you said to them. So all that, God, we just put at your feet. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. That's it for this time. Thank you for checking in with us, and we'll be back with another episode next week.